Yes, Sir John has um, been struggling here, it uh, sounds only, like. Only a lot, only with everything. Uh, I can't laugh a, too much or I'll start coughing. Do, <laughs> doing a Ooh. little back and forth. Uh, yeah. He, he mentioned, so if you're not from Nashville, um, we have a pedestrian bridge. So Nashville is sitting on the Cumberland River. And mm-hmm. so you have Nashville and then across the river, you have some other parts of Nashville. But the main thing you have over there is the Titans Stadium. Uh, along with various other things. And so John was going over to, what did you say it was you were going to? The um, Nashville's MLS team had a jersey release event. So it's where I picked, this is the new, uh, I think it's called the secondary jersey for Nashville, styled uh, and inspired by Johnny Cash. So big, big Ooh, fan of that. Nice, cool. That's that's actually really neat. Um, And so the pedestrian bridge that we have that connects the two sides of the river um, is a very nice bridge, uh, very pretty. Uh, actually, there's several people that will go and do like proposals there, uh, get photos taken there. It's a very nice bridge. Uh, but as I pointed out to John, it is uphill both ways <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to go across that bridge. It is quite steep, quite the climb. So yes. John is a little, uh, little Re- recovering. He's, he's a lot out of shape and is doing his best. <laughs> At least you it, you did it. You made it. I did. I did the thing. <laughs> So that's, that's great. Oh, well, this uh, review today is going to be really good because it is very fresh mm-hmm. for me. Uh, my oldest son and I went today to see the movie. Um, nice. So recording this just after seeing it just a few hours ago. Uh, a heck of a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. That's for sure. I was totally expecting like two and a half, you know, maybe a little over that. And I think yeah. it was just over two hours. It's bang on two. Yeah, 124. So it's shorter than I thought it would be. I, I, it's It feels longer than it is, I feel like, though. No, I agree. It did. Because uh, it I was, thought it was like a two and it felt like a two and a half hour movie funny enough as soon as we got out of the theater like we walked out and that's the first thing i said to him was you know that movie was just over two hours but that felt like a much longer movie than mm-hmm. what it really was yeah and i don't know what i think it was either like it's kind of slow paced by necessity because there's a decent amount of exposition but i don't think there's really a part that i could look at it and be like oh they could cut that this was a very dialogue heavy movie mm-hmm. inherently slows it down especially for a for a marvel movie yes yes but it was good yeah but so we'll, we... we'll, re- we'll get into that review here in just a little bit but first john i wanted to check up on you see anything new going on in your life besides your cool johnny cash jersey you got there yeah my cool my cool new shirt that costs too much but i got it anyway um the so the new call of duty season dropped this past week um kind of revamped Warzone 2 did a big like they they adjusted a whole lot in that so i'm excited to see how that goes um everyone says it's been really good um i i don't really play a whole lot of games anymore um just the a, a choice that i've made you know i don't play a whole lot of new games they have to be really really appealing i'm not even gonna say good i'll play a bad game i'll play a bad game if I'm going to enjoy it, you know? I gotcha, yeah. Um... Let's see. Movie night. We are in the 60s right now. We we had to take this week off. We had some sickness in the group. Okay. Um, but we should be back on for this week. This week is going to be my choice, and I had to choose. So we have a category for Westerns, uh, but the 60s, I don't know if you're familiar, is chock full of amazing Westerns. It sure is. So I ended up, I couldn't find another movie of the 60s to pick, and I ended up having to pick between um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Ooh. And the most upsetting 
thing about that is I don't even think the other one is going to be my pick for Westerns because I really want to watch Unforgiven because I've never seen it before. Okay. But I just Unforgiven is probably like three hours long and I don't think I want to do that on a weeknight. Yeah, but man, what a man who shot Liberty Valance. It's so good. What a great movie. And people don't really think about it because it's not like it's not a John Wayne Western, right? It's not if you think of a John Wayne movie, you think of like True Grit and The Searchers and Rio Bravo and not really not really this because it's, it's got Jimmy Stewart in it, which obviously big fan. Um, Lee Marvin, I believe, is Liberty Valance. He was an action star of the 70s and 80s. Um, it's just a very compelling movie. So even though none of the other people have seen Butch and Sundance, which how um, I think I am going with the man who shot Liberty Valance. And I'm very excited about it. Didn't did that win anything? I wouldn't expect it to. OK, I will get blinded by IMDb when I look, though. <laughs> Actually, no, I'll go to Wikipedia. It has an award section. Yeah, that's um, that's that's one of my favorite. That's one of those movies that I bought on Blu-ray. Ooh. because it is one of my favorites but i love just how it, it's just a great great story okay awards you found them nothing it doesn't even have a nominated for section oh wow that shocks me so what i will i kind of something that i'm fairly proud of is my knowledge and love for westerns and i was at mckay's Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at all the different movies there. I was in the Westerns section and there was a young couple. They were probably in there, like maybe somewhere between 21 and 23, something like that. They were looking at all the different Westerns and they were trying to figure out which ones to watch. And I said, are you guys into Westerns? And they said, no, but somebody told us that we need to check them out. And I said, you absolutely need to check them out. They're classic. Like that, that's mm-hmm. American classics. Like you gotta watch them. And so they were like, well, we're not sure which ones to get. And I was like, what's your budget? We can make buckle up guys. Here we go. And so I said, I said, okay, how many are you looking for and how much are you willing to spend? Mm-hmm. And they said, just show us what you recommend. And I was like, all right, <laughs> okay, we can do we that. Go. And so I, I went in and I was like, okay. And then I started giving them like backgrounds on everything. I was like this one and this one. And like by the time we were done, they probably had a stack of like 15 different movies. And <laughs> which ones would you most recommend? So then I divided those 15 up and had like a stack of like six. They bought all six of them. Nice. So there you go. You're welcome, McKay's. <laughs> I do you think there's a more quintessentially American genre than the Western? I don't I really don't think there is. I feel like it's a it's a soul like you can have a Western theme or a Western styled movie, but it's literally referring to the American West. I think right? then yeah, right. Yeah. I mean you like do a have gangster times, movie. Well go you ahead, have certain well, sorry, you have certain times like um a, another movie that I'm a huge fan of that I don't feel like gets enough credit is actually Big Jake with uh, John Wayne. And that movie like it starts out and it's in Texas but most of the movie actually takes place in Mexico so I guess that's that's something that you know I don't know talk about something that like kind of blends cultures together is the American West because you did have a lot of you know Mexicans and then Americans kind of and then and then you also throw in their Native Americans and it just all of it together I mean it's a it's to me it is a classic genre you can't go bad with a western yeah I I completely I mean you could go bad with a bad western but that's any well, bad sure. movie yeah like you have to pick something that represents its genre well but yeah i feel like a good western is tough to beat but yeah i mean you were you were starting to say like gangster movies because you can have those in other countries you think of like peaky right. blinders right yeah that is a gangster series set in england right and I mean, like I, other I guess... things set in other like animal kingdom i would consider that a gangster movie it's set in australia so that's true and at the same time though there have been western style movies that have been done in australia that take mm-hmm. place in australia i'm thinking of like um uh 
man from snowy river um i'm, I'm unfamiliar so i don't comment okay <laughs> or um quigley down under is that uh tom Selleck? yeah okay i remember seeing that movie on the shelf at walmart for like my entire childhood or just straight up the movie australia that's got is huge that really a western i would consider it a western okay i mean i guess it is kind of more wartime in it it's like world war two world war one of the world wars anyway I don't know. now that i have okay. us completely this, sidetracked i know my entire plan our our next movie review <laughs> might be a western now <laughs> i'd be so down like if there are western like high quality westerns that stream anywhere i'm completely in. yeah no, we'll, have to, we'll have to look into that Maximus Decimus Meridius. No, I am the father. Bond. James Bond. And here we go. Anyway, welcome back to another episode. <laughs> yeah, right? Welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me, of course, as always, is John. And uh, we are so happy to have you back for another episode. As we mentioned, like, 15 minutes ago, we are reviewing, um, well, now I can't, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania. Quantumania. Yeah. Which uh, um, Jay, Jay argues should have a different title. Jay, if you would grace us with this amazing title. I, my son and I were talking about just the content of this movie uh, after we saw it today. And I said, you know, really, it should have been called Ant-Man and the Wasp and Hank and Janet and Cassie. <laughs> and a partridge in a pear tree? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I'm still I'm still wheezy from my bridge experience earlier, so I can't like try to sing that. We That's had, my excuse. We had just it. we had just about as many main characters in this movie as Scott Lang has holes in his body. Stop. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, You're that welcome. is an actual plot point of the movie. And it's so just out of left field, but it works so well <laughs> and it's upsetting. I loved that they actually put that pause in there too, where he like they show his face and he's like, Yeah, that's right. Because the did you <laughs> did you watch the good place uh i it's been so i only i think i only watched like maybe the first two seasons okay so chidi one of the main characters from the good place plays a telepath in this as a, a minor character that's where and i recognize he, him from yes he has like a glowing forehead when he's reading minds and it's actually like he's a very dry character but he is exactly the type of he's the appropriate amount of comic relief yeah is what i would say because he's so dry yeah he just reads people's mind he's like i wish you would stop thinking that scott's like i did he's like no you didn't it's gross stop it <laughs> Yes. Um, so that is what we are reviewing today. Uh, but of course, before we dive into that review, which we'll have lots to say about that, I'm sure mm-hmm. um, we are first going to be talking about some news. Um, mm-hmm. And I think probably the biggest, well, there's probably two things really, but the biggest bit of news I think is that Marvel's has been delayed. Uh, the Marvel's movie was actually, actually the only reason I really paid attention to this was one of the uh, grown up things I guess I've done with this show this season is I've actually planned out our episodes and so our last episode was actually supposed to be we were going to review the Marvels uh, which was going to be releasing in July it has now been moved to November around Thanksgiving or early November November 10th early November I don't like that so that's to me that's not a good sign 
I don't know. I have so I have mixed opinions because obviously the reaction to early November not great. No. Um, if you're gonna move it to say like the weekend before Thanksgiving and have it win the Thanksgiving weekend as well, that's a different conversation. Um, moving it to early November is just kind of suspect. I want to think. I want to think it's oh this was a little more graphics intensive. It needed more reshoots. Something else happened down the rabbit hole at Marvel in this one giant plot that they weave. Right. And we need to account for something that has changed. Right. I want that to be the case. I hope that's the case. Yes. I don't want it to do poorly. Yeah. Maybe they got burned by Love and Thunder because that was a July release, wasn't it? Was it? You know, I think think you're right. Yes. It's so bad, dude. I hate it so much. I might like it less than Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3. That's saying I might like it less than The Dark World. That's really saying something. Yeah. You know what we might have to do at the end of this year is do another MCU in review. Another ranking. Yeah, to see like where we put everything now. Now that we've had the dumpster fire of the past two years. I... I don't know that I think that's entirely fair because the past two years includes uh, No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness, which I think are objectively good. Yeah, but but, I mean, topping a pile of dung with cherries and Cool Whip doesn't make it chocolate ice cream. So you said that with such confidence, Jay. Have you uh, have you experienced this in your personal life? No comment. Uh, Oh, my gosh. You could have just said no. (laughs) And then also. Um, another big reveal has been the Flash trailer. Uh, we had a fairly big football game recently. And, uh, of course, nobody watched the football game, but everybody watched the commercials. And that is where we got the Flash trailer. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. I'm Holy so cow. excited for Flashpoint. Like, we knew it was Flashpoint going in, right? That yeah. that had been confirmed already. That was pretty obvious. And, um... Being able to like sitting, so Meg and I had uh, had a wonderful Super Bowl party. It was uh, the two of us, just, <laughs> just the wa- two of us. We watched the game in our living room, and um, so getting to explain to her, like I freaked out when the Flash trailer came on, and I was watching it. I was enthralled, which is very difficult for me because Ezra Miller exists. And the trailer finishes, and I look at Meg with this just like look of awe that DC has not given me in literal years, and she's like, "What?" And I was like, "This is so exciting." And she was like, "I get that, but why?" Because Flashpoint is a multi multiverse reset that's what it was what would that be 14 years ago ish because new 52 was right before we were in college or as we started college i don't know it, yeah i think it was as we started college it was like right after i graduated yeah but i am just so so excited for this even though it's already been animated and the animated movie is very good it is um that's something unique that i've been doing here recently is because i have hbo max and because there are very few good dc movies i thought i'm gonna watch the animated movies so, so I've been man. watching all of them. They're so and good. Really, there's so far there has not been a bad movie yet. I think there are, there are probably a few, but those typically don't latch. They were like one offs. They don't yep. latch into any long extended plots. Right. So the ones that you can watch them all independently, and they have a con- they have a contained plot. But there are some that play off of you know this is what happened in the movie before, and you don't have to watch it to understand. But it really helps. DC's animated has been really really good at that. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been enjoying that, but um, but yeah, as far as the trailer goes, I it made me super excited, and it made me that much more upset that I've like basically kind of made a promise to myself that I'm not going to go see it. I've basically kind of said I'm not, like I'm not ready to get hurt again. Yeah, well, exact that, and I 
just, I'm like, if they are actually going to be keeping Ezra Miller, I just, I, I'm just not on board. I'm so upset about that. But yeah. then I do want to say, please go back. I actually re-listened to the last episode, um, on Friday. And I actually say this at the 38 minute mark, uh, we are talking about DC and we bring up the flash. And I said, I think the only way I'm going to be on board with this movie is if we get to the end of the movie, the flash comes back to his timeline. He's in the same suit and it pans up from his feet and gets to his face and it's Grant Gustin in the costume and not yeah. Ezra Miller. There is now a rumor going around that that is actually going to happen. Well, because the show is ending, right? This is the last season. This is the last season of the show. Yeah. The timing of that, I feel like would be delightful. Yeah. Somebody and some insider I'm for those listening, I'm doing air quotes right now. Some insider has said that that's what's happening at the end of the movie. It's actually going to be Grant Gustin. Who's going to be in the flash suit and not Ezra Miller. Gosh, I would be so down. And I was like, I just want to say that I said that too. Like I, I already made that claim that that would be incredible. So maybe DC is actually listening to our podcast. If only if we could, if we could get some confirmed on that, that'd be, that'd be really (laughs) affirming. That would be just so satisfying. Um, I tell you the question I have after watching the flash trailer, because in the flashpoint um, comic book series and in the animated movie, when Barry is in the flashpoint reality, the Batman that he goes to meet is not Bruce. Right. It's Thomas Wayne. Right. Because in the um, <clears throat> some, I guess, mild spoilers for the for the comic books in this alternate universe in Crime Alley, they get robbed. But Bruce is killed and not Thomas and Martha. Right. So they both grieve in their very independent ways. Um, Thomas becomes uh, a Batman, except without Bruce's one rule. So he has batarangs, but he has this red accented suit and he has handguns, which he uses at will. So he's definitely willing to, to take that last step. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. And uh Martha turned into that universe's Joker. Yeah. So you can Very say interesting that they, stuff. they grieved in different ways. Um, but that's my single greatest curiosity about Keaton is is Keaton Bruce? Or is he Thomas? Or has the nineteen eighty nine Batman persona been applied to Thomas Wayne? That is an excellent question. That like I'm so excited to think about that all the way until this movie releases. Because they haven't actually revealed that, have they? The only mm-hmm. thing they've said is is uh the berries are are staring up at him and they go you're and he's like yeah i'm batman yeah and it's like he didn't really say who he was so he mm-hmm. could be lots of different people yeah that's a good point um, what was what was the other big trailer from the game was it guardians 3 guardians of the galaxy 3 was another trailer oh, yeah i'm so scared i'm i'm intimidated by this movie i i, th- I think this is their goodbye i think like, this oh, is their I, absolutely i think the whole team might end up either not maybe not <sighs> perishing but at the very least they're 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 done like yeah this is it i think when james gunn signed on to be the guy for dc it was known like it, w- it was a common thought of this is the finale hmm. and i think even before that happened there was this sense of finality of you know we've been able to do so much more than we thought we would be able to do but we have to end it on our own terms this is the end especially for the this makeup of this team which is very concerning because that means they're not all going to make it i yeah. feel like that's a very easy bridge to cross yeah and i'll tell you what scares me the most about who's going to live and who's going to to not make it to the next movie they're gonna do rocket's backstory in this and i'm probably gonna cry because baby rocket is adorable yeah and his the little cutest, otter friend he's is a little cool otter too. friend <laughs> and if he doesn't make it because bradley cooper is too expensive which he deserves to be then i'm just gonna be very sad yeah it is gonna be upsetting it uh i don't know just the whole the whole tone of the trailer is very much
watch a somber. Yeah, this is the end. Yeah. Um, another trailer we got was Indiana Jones. Oh my gosh! Uh, I lost, I lost my they, mind. They confirmed that uh, there will be Nazis. So, which we kind of all expected. But what about aliens? If you did notice, there was a clip of him like in his classroom doing a projector, and there was like a UFO type of thing on the projector. Yeah. I think that will be the the the, the extent of it of that. And and you know what I think would be really funny is if if they just acted like it never existed. Well, like if Indy was like, like and this is a this is so and this is so and so's rendering of what a UFO would look like, but that's ridiculous. That would never happen. <laughs> just move on. And he's just completely deadpan because he's Harrison Ford, and that's what he does. Yeah, that's all he does. Yeah, the man um, doesn't laugh. He can't. I'm convinced. So another big uh, reveal, uh, big announcement was that the casting for Sue Storm is starting up next week, and, and it is um, Emily Blunt. They have not said. And, I mean, uh, but what they did say, in addition to that, is that the entire team will be built around her. Oh, that means we're not getting John Krasinski. Probably not. Dad gummit. I was so excited. That was the the Illuminati cast is the best part of Multiverse of Madness to me. Oh yeah, without it's a doubt. It's so satisfying. Did you hear the rumor about the the empty seat of the Illuminati? Uh-uh. The rumor is that it's still Superior Iron Man and that he's going to become a villain of one of the upcoming movies because Wanda went in and killed all his friends. So we could still see Tom Cruise as Iron Man. I hope so, um, which is a weird sentence to say. I would be down with um, Well, the rumor has been that Downey would come back for it. No. That's what I'm saying. No. He had such a great send-off. You don't... Yeah, you, you don't, don't... I would say yeah. you don't do anything to change that, but, you know, Toy Story 4 exists. So, I mean, perfect send-off. And they're making another one. Last. Why? That's a great segue. Thank you for, for that. Just why? I don't know. What if, like, that's like, oh, we're making up two. What's the point? I'm following. I follow Tim oh. Allen on Twitter, and he posted um, uh, a picture of Buzz and just said, "Getting the gang back together." And I was like, "No, don't do that. Don't you? You already had the perfect ending with Toy Story three, and then you decided to make a Toy Story four. You broke up the gang. Mm-hmm. How dare you? The gang is uh, actively separated. And and now you're saying you're going to make a fifth one? What? Yeah. What are you doing? It's ridiculous. The the longer time goes on, the more I enjoy Mel Brooks because if you remember in Spaceballs, he's like whenever he talks about Spaceballs too, he calls it the quest for more money. <laughs> That's right. Um. What a what a great director. Yeah. I so speaking of Mel Brooks, History of the World Part Two is going to be coming out in like two weeks. Really? On so it's going to be like a mini series on Hulu. Oh really? And the names associated with it are actually like they could pull it off. Is that the one? with the where moses comes down and he has the three tablets and he drops mm-hmm. one <laughs> these 15 these 10 commandments <laughs> um. oh does it not have a it, wikipedia is not one of the first links which is lame wikipedia should always be the first link um let's see what imdb has uh johnny what? knoxville taika waititi gross uh zazzy beats who is domino in uh deadpool 2 oh, dove okay. cameron david duchovny seth rogan danny devito listen danny devito's in this i'm already on board right um yeah a lot a lot of people are either rumored or confirmed for this already so wow that's that's awesome the tagline oh. is hysterically accurate <laughs> i love it um well speaking of possibly making poor decisions oh no um and i kind of bringing this up to to kind of get your your opinions on it too john i'm but so scared disney in trouble um stock prices wow well, i can't talk stock prices have absolutely plummeted with disney over the past two years uh they've lost about 50 percent of their value 
Uh, and then so, not only that, but Disney has fired like over 7,000 people in the past couple months. Um, and so the question I want to ask is, and there's also a rumor that they, they might possibly be trying to sell the Star Wars franchise as well. Already? Because it's not, it's not making the amount of money that they thought it would. Well, yeah, because they screwed it up. <laughs> well, they were, so... I looked into it That's and it so turns stupid. out, I looked into it and it ter- turns out that, you know, as I think most people imagined, they thought that it was going to be the next Marvel thing. They thought mm-hmm. that, you know, they had Star Wars and they thought they'd be cranking out movie after movie after movie after movie, making millions of dollars. And obviously that hasn't happened. And so, um, but do you feel that Disney might be in trouble or do you think that they're going to be able to catch lightning in a bottle again? Um, I don't know that I think either of those things are true. Okay. I don't know that I think they're in trouble because at the end of the day, they're still Disney, right? They still have their finger in like every pie in the entertainment industry. That's true. Um, I also don't really worry about them catching lightning in a bottle again because at the end of the day, they're Disney. They don't have to. So what do I think? Like if, if they came to me and they said, John, we need an idea for a hit. What do we do? I don't, I don't know. Like it's too soon to reboot Pirates of the Caribbean, in my opinion. Um, I don't think you can really reset Star Wars, which is, you know, kind of what they would want to do. I would... If they're wanting Star Wars to be profitable, they need to recanonize Legends. And there's just a whole, like, there are so many loved novels and games and things that exist outside of what Disney has decided is canon that could be that that profit point for Star Wars fans if you do it right. Yeah. Obviously, if you do it wrong, you know, they're going to hate you forever because that's what Star Wars fans do. But <laughs> Guilty. I don't, I don't know, man. I just, there are so many things I want to happen. Like a, like a... A gangster Disney Plus series, but with uh, Kira and Darth Maul in the Crimson Dawn era. I think that would be super cool. Um, We are getting that Lando show? Movie? Show? Allegedly. I hope so. Donald Glover's Lando was the best part of that movie by far. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, You know, I think that... You know, they had a they had a huge hit when it came to Marvel. They mm-hmm. really hit it out of the park. They it, it turned into something. You know, it turned into something pretty amazing. And part of me thinks that it was it started by accident i don't think they totally expected it to be as big of a hit as it was um we'll get more into this as we talk about ant-man but i really think that i think most people are just starting to suffer from superhero fatigue Mm -hmm. i think everybody's kind of done with the genre it's like you know especially for people our age and maybe a little older um that you know i mean will anything ever top the uh infinity infinity saga i don't don't think it it will i don't think it can yeah and and honestly part of me that thinks that maybe it shouldn't um and so i guess that's the i think that's where they're in trouble is i think they keep they keep pushing this certain thing thinking oh this is what's going to be what's really popular and i think people are just kind of getting tired of it yeah i i think that's completely fair kind of kind of done with it i want something different yeah so my my opinion on that is why not have it be the same but also different so if you look at it in that sense right we both love the winter soldier but that's not really a, a superhero movie that's a political thriller with comic book characters you know i I very much enjoy uh, Ant-Man, but Ant-Man is a heist movie with comic book characters. Mm-hmm. Multiverse of Madness is the, cl- it's not a true horror movie. I'm not going to say it is, but it's the closest a mainstream movie can expect to get. And I enjoyed it in that context. Like that's how they have to adapt is they have to stop saying, we're going to pick a safe formula and we're going to do that. You have to challenge it. And that's why as you bring in all of these characters, you have to let them be niche characters. Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't make Moon Knight be Captain in America, right? Because he's, he's not. 
<laughs> not at all. <laughs> you have to let him be him and tell his story in his context. Yeah. Now, the thing about what I just said that worries me is we are now in the multiverse saga is what they've called. I think five and six is is it's overarching what it's going to be. So Spider-Man No Way Home obviously plays into a multiverse. Uh, multiverse of Madness leans into it pretty aggressively. <laughs> it's discussed in Ant-Man, which we'll, which we'll talk about in a minute. But everything I've read about Deadpool 3 absolutely terrifies me because it's going to be the most aggressive like challenge to multiverse yet. And obviously it's going to be Deadpool, right? So you know what to expect as, from a tone perspective. But I have the concern about that, that I do the, the retrospective bad taste in my mouth about Love and Thunder where it's like oh too much of a good thing is going to be an aggressively bad thing so i just i i worry about that and i worry that the projects i'm excited for something like secret wars um because that involves characters that i that i would lean into right secret war would be hawkeye it would be bucky like they're the secret characters um i just worry that the things that i'm excited for are going to end up getting canceled because the thing that they put too much hope on is not going to reach the heights that they need it to well and then following up or ending the news wrapping up the news is they have confirmed that they are making an I Am Legend sequel, uh, and it will be the sequel to the alternate ending um, that you may or may not have seen. Look it up on YouTube. It's super easy to find, uh, and it's going to feature Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan. Can I just, can I hot take for us real quick? <laughs> sure. I really like Michael B. Jordan. I think he's incredibly talented. I'm getting tired of him being in everything. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like same, when every in the, in when the same way with um um oh I'm drawing a blank on his name. Why can't why can't I think? What was uh, he in? Uh, um, uh, Paul Rudd, Star Lord, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt. It's a him, Chris Prattio. Same thing with Chris Pratt. He's in everything. Yeah, but it's just like so he was in Marvel. He was in he's Creed. He's uh, Adonis Creed because Apollo yep. Creed was the Rocky character. Um, he'll be in I am like I just feel like you can't turn your TV on without seeing Michael B. Jordan. And I like him. I think Space he's really Jam. good. I'm just tired of him. I'm going through Michael B. Jordan fatigue. Yeah, he was in Space Jam too oh yes the movie that i didn't see the first one so i'm gonna see the sequel yeah the it, it was actually it was probably the funniest part of the whole movie um and uh they, they they're in trouble in their game and so they're like here he comes number 23 michael jordan and then <laughs> comes michael b jordan that's <laughs> and, amazing and the some of the looney tunes are like there it was daffy who got him you know and they were right. like no you idiot that's michael p jordan and he was like like oh i thought he was a little shorter stop that's awesome <laughs> oh man but okay anyway moving on uh currently not a whole lot of shows to review um did, did you know the bad batch still, is like still happening it's still happening we're still I, watching it i actually. watched like three episodes and i just have zero interest to watch it ever again it, it's it's not good um the only thing that it did show that i mean you know you knew it had to happen some way was it showed how the emperor made the decision to switch from clone troopers to stormtroopers was it crosshair's fault i feel like it should be crosshair's fault it was actually crosshair's has only been he was only in like the first two episodes we haven't seen them since oh yeah that seems like a gross misuse of characters i think so too rex has shown back up which is kind of cool that gives um, me more reason to watch it i like rex yeah he's gone now Dang uh, it. they're like halfway through the season so i'm sure he'll come back because um the uh the real echo stayed with them uh he was like we've got stuff to do because they're trying to basically what they're trying to do is they're they're phasing out the clones uh and then in some cases they're just straight up killing the clones and so they're trying to say 
save the clones and let them know like hey you can't really trust the empire yeah so it's uh it's still there <laughs> it is a show it exists it's uh is it good no <laughs> but it's there if you want to watch it yeah really the only reason i watch it is because my oldest son enjoys it he thinks it's great and i like that for him yeah i'm glad he likes I, it different people enjoy different things so i'm glad he can enjoy something yeah for sure all right for the main event, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Ordinarily, this is the part of the episode where I would read an actual plot summary. Um, but even the plot summary for this movie is entirely too long. Oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say bit... entirely too small. Um, I see where you're going with the Ant-Man joke, but I, I wish there was an accurate plot summary that wasn't a tease. So Jay found us one that um, it works. It's more of a you're going to see this movie and here's how you need to go into it and not a true here are all of the things that happen. Um, so I will read the IMDb one sentence plot teaser. Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, along with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, explore the quantum realm where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. Done. And um, scene. And scene. <laughs> So I feel like the things that that, that leaves out are um, number one, uh, Cassie exists. Um, <laughs> Cass- with Cassie her, is there with her third different actress. By the way, I don't know if you knew that. Seriously. So in in the first Ant Man movie, um, Cassie is like six years old and uh-huh. is played by an age appropriate uh, actress. And then in Infinity War Endgame, one of those, she was in a there was an actress who was in a deleted scene who was different from the actress who is in Quantumania. Oh, well, there you which go. has got to be just a slap in the face. Not only was your scene deleted you got recast but at the end of the day i mean life goes on so it does um so visually i think this movie is great i initially wanted to watch it in 3d and then i watched it in 2d and i was like yeah no i don't want to watch this in 3d no it the the depth of it is would be challenging it would it'd be quite sickening yes i might say um so i i how do you start talking about this movie? Okay, so because there wasn't like a really good summary, I guess summary of the plot is, I guess we should just talk about it in pieces. So first off, I do want to say the first 15 minutes of this movie, Cassie's a jerk. (laughs) I had a really hard time with Cassie. And then on top of that, they get back to the house. (laughs) This is, this is going to show my, uh, my profession too. They get back to the house and, um, and they're all at the dinner table, right? And they're eating pizza, vegetarian pizza. So, by the way. and um and they uh they all just start bashing on scott and i'm like gosh you guys need some family therapy really bad <laughs> like I... why, why are you all taking it out on scott like yeah good gracious i don't know that i think the the beginning of the movie is so much cassie being a jerk so much as it is cassie's character being a teenager but because it's a movie they ramp it up to like 11 yeah they did because <laughs> This was funny too. So in our theater, the theater wasn't very full, mainly because it was the middle of the day. Um, but two seats down from me was a guy. He was probably in his fifties. And every single time anybody in the family said anything to Scott that was like really kind of mean, he kept going, Ooh, ouch. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> could we could we get a commentary of that guy edition? Just sitting there like, ooh, oh, got him. Oh. Like it was, like but man. I was feeling the same way. He was just, it was perfect. I was like, yeah, yeah. you're, you're right. That fits perfectly. Yeah. With this. Um, I also thought it was really funny. So they're sitting, they sit down to eat dinner and each of the characters inadvertently reveals something else that they had hidden from Scott. Yeah. Which I, th- I found problematic and I'm, I'm obviously, I, we're not in the same profession. Um, but even I was like, Oh man, aggressive family secrets there. I don't like that. But I was, I was very entertained by the, the little like Scott Lang walking down the street, like, <laughs> 
happy-go-lucky. Self-dialogue. Yes, the the Paul Rudd narrated, like, life is great, and here's why. I saved the world. I wrote a book about it. Hey, do you know I saved the world? Like, it's just the tone of that, and then you pair it with the tone of that same scene at the end of the movie is just so good. Yeah. Because obviously things happen between those two scenes, which we'll we'll get into uh, here in a little bit. Yeah, because we find out that Scott has, you know, since he's since he saved the world uh he's Which he did kind of he, he's really just been enjoying life really he's been a dad he's been with her you know having a family uh him and uh hope have been getting closer and going out and um you know just enjoying life together uh hope has been like saving the world in her own way um you know like he said like finding out ways to end world hunger uh you know faster better ways to build houses um you know just really doing some incredible stuff and uh so you know he's like he wrote a book he's feeling really good about life uh and then cassie on the other hand is like yeah okay it's great that you're back but that doesn't mean that the world is better now like there's still stuff that needs to be done and why aren't you doing any of these things you're a superhero like you could be the one out there helping people saving people and you're not um so she you know she really kind of challenges that for scott and uh and then randomly at the dinner table um she says i've been doing this thing sciencey thing y'all should come check it out so they go check it out and she's made a uh a hubble telescope to look into the quantum realm that's how uh hank describes it and um and uh and then as soon as they say how it works you know there's signals going down to the quantum realm and then it's bouncing back up and coming back here so that we can see what's going on uh suddenly janet freaks out loses her mind and it's like turn it off and then she turns like a, it off very much like a the bilbo baggins scene you know that scarred us as children <laughs> yeah. her teeth get all jagged and her eyes sinking and uh and then uh she unplugs the machine and is like getting really upset well then the machine turns back on and sucks everybody in and they end up in the quantum realm along with a bunch of ants a bunch that of comes a bunch play of later smart ants technologically advanced ants which hank was very aggressively proud of you could say they're technologically ed ants he came up with it before i did and that's why i'm upset <laughs> technologically no it doesn't work yours was better um so they all get sucked down and they land um scott and cassie land together and then hope hank and janet land together so through various mechanisms and some just extended dialogue scenes um hope hank and janet end up uh with bill murray who i somehow forgot was in this movie or i never I knew I remember seeing him in one of the trailers, but I I completely forgot until he showed up. Um, so he sits down, and they just have a very uncomfortable scene, which I did not enjoy uh, because I don't enjoy uncomfortability. And um, at the same time as that's happening, so they're meeting like the official people and trying to figure out where Scott and Cassie are using official means. And Scott and Cassie are essentially at like a refugee camp where they meet uh, Chidi from The Good Place, um, some guy who's obsessed with torturing, which is a, a just a very large red flag. Um, and the the little goo guy the little did, goo guy who's did the goo guy have a, a name I, uh, if he did i don't remember it so you know who voices the goo guy right no his second different character inside of the ant-man trilogy is a uh, david dosmachian oh okay more known as a uh, polka dot man from the r-rated suicide squad but he was That's one fitting. of he was one of the friends in ant-man the first one it was michael pena ti and him That's right. oh, my God. <laughs> 
forgot about Just in that. case you wanted to remember how wild the first Ant-Man movie was. It was so good. Um, so the little goo guy, I just want to say, might be my favorite character in the whole movie. <laughs> because I'll, I'll skip to the end just to explain why. There's this, it's a Marvel movie, right? There's a big fight scene at the end because there always is. Um, and he runs like a little doofus. <laughs> he's just like prancing, but because he's all legs with like no torso, his legs are like, he looks like he's high stepping and it's just really funny. <laughs> but he's really, he's like, a, he's the one who, when we talked earlier, was like, how many holes do you have? Because he doesn't have any holes. Um, which again, he's a sentient he's a, goo. Yeah, he's a gelatin life form. Yeah. So, um, so the fact that he exists is just very entertaining to me. Um, but they end up at a refugee camp and they are um attacked by the uh mechanism only what is it? What does it actually stand for? They made a big thing of it and I already forgot. I... Machine I don't know, something designed only for killing. Yeah, Modoc. But Modoc, yeah, we we all we all know Modoc. Um, except, and I don't, I didn't think this was true canonically. Um, so in, in the quantum realm, if you remember from the first Ant-Man, um, Scott has a, a, the fight scene at the end, because of course there's a fight scene at the end, is with uh, Darren Cross, aka Yellow Jacket. And in that fight scene, uh, Scott breaks his helmet, which had previously been established as you have to maintain a seal or it just messes you up when you shrink. I love my dog, but he's a nuisance. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, so he shrinks down with his broken helmet, and when he finally settles in the quantum realm, he is a big old head with little tiny baby limbs. <laughs> and it's a very troubling visual because they showed me more than I wanted to see. For sure. Um, but it's a really distorted Darren Cross head. Yeah. He he looks like someone who didn't know, like if you just like dragged a photo bigger and thought it would be the same. And he's just like super stretched. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Um, so he's Modoc, and he's very inter- he's ve- deceptively entertaining. Yeah, I actually I made notes while I was watching the movie, and one of the things that I said was Modoc as a character in general I don't care for, but I did appreciate the origin of the Modoc in the MCU. Well, most Modocs are Zola, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I appreciated that. I was like, okay, this is cool. I I like how they how they tied that in there. Yeah, which I mean that did get leaked um, a couple of weeks ago, even before the because in the last last trailer i think you saw it and before that it had something had come out but even knowing it was going to happen i was very satisfied with how it happened and he had a he had a, a turn of heart based on some uh some wisdom from cassie yeah he died in avenger uh, unofficially to scott like can you like knight somebody as an avenger right before they died does that count he's <laughs> like and i died in avenger and scott's just like yeah yeah you yeah, did yeah you, you did you did great you did good thanks yeah and cassie reminds him uh to <laughs> not be um difficult and uh that's one of the notes i said in my phone was remember kids don't be difficult right yeah that's because what she they says. said it about 20 times that's what she said don't be difficult <laughs> i don't understand how that worked how is he like how is how is this man sitting there like oh yeah that really puts everything in perspective like i <laughs> don't ridiculous. understand i mean I, under, I understand it worked because it needed to work for the plot i understand that yeah but that doesn't mean it should have worked yeah so what we discover during the course of the movie is that uh janet and and so janet was being very weird through like probably half of this movie and wasn't telling anybody anything right Mm -hmm. because she freaks out so bad at the beginning and you're like why is she freaking out so bad like 
what's what's the big deal? What's what's going on here? And uh, she wouldn't say anything, and it bothered me so much. <laughs> and because um, she's like, tell us what's happening. You know, the, uh, Hope is like, tell us what's happening, and she's like, no, it's too dangerous. And it's like, okay, now you really need to tell us what's going on because of what you just said. Yeah. And and then like she's freaking out, you know, and she like she sees like there's like some sort of scanning going on in the distance, and she takes Hope and Hank and she shoves them up against a fungus and is like stay still and they scan and then they're like what's going on she's like don't worry about it <laughs> essentially uh i'm actively like, worrying about it <laughs> Could you're you, like, uh... i'm worrying about it because you're shoving us up against a fungus you're acting really weird like what's going on uh and then uh and then the other thing that happens is uh uh and i wrote it down because it it bothered me but she was like you guys need to stay quiet she like starts whispering she's like guys you need to stay quiet because whoever is out there is really dangerous and then they get mad at her and then she gets mad at them and starts yelling at them and i'm like shh you said be quiet i I wish that that whole scene had been like whisper yelling you know yeah it's like what do you mean like he said be quiet well why are we yelling we're not but we are yeah keep your voice down okay now i'm going to yell at you what yeah um and then something else that was just kind of like a glaring thing at me the whole time was okay you find out all of this stuff happened to her she met king the conqueror she you know nearly brought destruction to the entire uh quantum realm and everything else and yet she didn't talk about that at all with the rest of her family like why did she not talk about anything that happened to her while she was down there because she thought that everything that was down there was down there for good. So it's one of those, I can tell you, and it will stress you out because now you know, or because it will never be relevant again, I will keep it to myself. I understand why she did what she did. It doesn't mean I agree with it. I, yeah. I, I actively think she should have been like, hey, because um, she was kept in the dark too with Cassie's science project, right? It was Cassie and Hank and maybe Hope knew. Because I feel like Janet would have shut that down aggressively like she did in the moment. Right, exactly. Um, So I feel like that's that's kind of on Hank at some point of like, listen, I really wanted to encourage you, but we need to do this the right way. So I thought the the scene where um, Janet helps Kang get back on his feet was actually really interesting because I very much enjoyed Jonathan Majors as he who remains in Loki. And I was really excited to watch him as Kang, but seeing him be not Kang, like see him be vulnerable and weak was very challenging. Um, And then obviously, you know, Janet believes him at his word, which he's the villain, Janet. Why did you believe him? Um, She she didn't know that was the joke. Um, (laughs) So she helps him and his his ship what what did she say it was like neuro charged or something yeah it's controlled by his mind controlled by his mind it's super cool so they fix the core they plant it and then janet touches the ship as he turns it on and she sees all of the atrocities he has committed across multiple timelines and she's just like oh yeah no we're not we're not doing this so she breaks it aggressively and some and then she just kind of runs away gets out somehow i don't know that that's really explained because we know how she gets out but i don't know how she gets away from kang at that point yeah well now that's upsetting that's a giant plot hole dang i like this movie a lot too um so then after janet is extracted from the quantum realm in the events of ant-man and the wasp uh kang just decides you know what i can't get out but i can conquer what's here and he uh does an empire he does. It is visually very spectacular, in my opinion. It looks really good. Yeah. It is expansive, and as soon as the the team is what I want to start calling them, uh, because I don't want to list them all individually every time, uh, as soon as they descend into the quantum realm, he realizes this is my chance. I can get out. 
So uh, he uh, enlists Scott is a very polite word for what I'm going to say. Uh, he blackmails him a lot. That's one thing I was uh, actually, it's kind of funny. I was about to say one of the, this movie was a, full of a lot of um, just info on people, on characters. And one thing we learn about Kang is that he is brutal. Mm-hmm. He has no regard for human life. He does not, It for him, it is whatever means necessary to get the job done. Yeah, the ends always get, justify the means to Kang. Yeah, and his and it's his goals, not anybody else's. It's all about him. Mm-hmm. And so he basically he's about to kill Cassie essentially and uh so that's what gets Scott to help him. And um I think this was in a trailer. So he goes in and it's called a probability storm. That was which, wild. Which is described as every single possible choice you can make existing at the same time. So if it was in a trailer um or if you've seen the movie, there's just a mountain of Scott Langs as far far as the eye could see it's very lion king like anything the scott lang touches is your kingdom simba um and eventually you do lose track of which one is a uh, is scott prime as i'm going to call him <clears throat> but then there's one that's in the baskin robbins uniform which i thought was a very fun callback to uh the first movie even more fun than uh being named employee of the century by baskin <laughs> right. robbins because that owner right. is really weird um so that was in the the original paul rudd narrated little montage at the front and so there's he's in the Baskin Robbins outfit and it stands out because he's the only one in the Baskin Robbins outfit. Everyone else is in the Ant-Man suit. So he has to try to shrink whatever it was, grow whatever it was. Yeah, it was whatever the engine was that powers his uh, machine. So they have to, they have to fix it. That's how I'm going to get out of this situation. They have to fix it. And it's just this. It's basically what, what powers his TARDIS. Yes. Oh, that's upsetting because that's exactly what it is. Dang it. It goes anywhere in time and space. Yep. Yeah. Dang that was really cool it was lame it was lifted from another very well-known nerd ip that i don't watch <laughs> um but they they uh fix the thing and then they're about they give it back to him and he's about to win uh until he isn't because the good guys have to win and there's a fight scene where cassie has inspired rebellion like um dang it now that i'm thinking about it that's exactly like ragnarok it was like, yeah. Dang it. It was. Now, one of the things though worth that you skipped over with, that's worth mentioning is he takes the machine, the, the engine. He's like, okay, now I can power my machine. But he said, you know, one of the things that he's been doing since Janet has been gone is he has been powering his, uh, or he's been building his empire. And then he says, but I'm taking it with me. I'm not leaving it here. Mm-hmm. And so the machine now is giant. He basically built a Death Star and he's powering it up. And he also happens to know the cloners on Camino because he's got a whole stormtrooper army and they're about to teleport out of there. Somehow with worse accuracy than the average stormtrooper though I feel like. Yes. Definitely worse A lot uh, of times they didn't even fire their weapons they just stood there. That's what I was saying definitely worse uh, situational awareness because stormtroopers at least were like hey something's happening over there and a lot of Kang's guards were just like hey oh I'm dead darn hate that for me (laughs) Um, Did you notice too that when they got hit they just kind of like evaporated into like this black stuff so i thought that was just because of the one um refugee leader's staff like i thought that was just what her weapon did because i feel like oh, some of the times it, they oh. would fall over or the ones oh, that yeah, got shot they, they did, would just they? like Ugh. oh that's right so maybe it was so just i think her, her staff okay. was really she was really cool though too bad she's she was never very, gonna come back she was very just there <laughs> in the moment yeah yeah i think that's i think that's a good way to say that Whew. so rebellion starts everybody is 
like, yeah, you know what? We don't have to fear you. And then they all turn on him. And then it's going great um, until it's going horribly because, oh, we don't we don't have enough. And then these stupid ants come back. The ants come back that we see at the very beginning of the movie because they fell into a pocket dimension where time worked differently. And so thousands of years passed and the ants became super advanced. And so then that's Hank what it is. Ant advanced. They became super <laughs> ant advanced. <laughs> there it is. I figured it out. There it is. Dad jokes. But yeah, uh, other than, but they find a way. They grow really big. They grow really small. They fight, fight, fight. Cassie learns how to turn into a giant. Um, and then they hug uh, Scott and Cassie. They have a heartwarming moment. And Scott's like, it's like hugging Godzilla, which scientifically would be inaccurate because they're both the same size. So it would actually feel like you're just hugging her normally. So you wouldn't feel like you're hugging Godzilla. Dang it. You're right. And I'm upset because I wanted to like this so much. We keep just like picking it apart a little bit at a time. And it's, oh Sorry. man, no, you're, you're completely right. It's completely true. I just didn't want to see it in the moment. Um, and, I did uh, think that whole scene fight, was too long. It was, but the fight at the end with him, because they, they finally get it open. Uh, they get, they, they get the gate open and they're able to go back home and everybody gets back home except for Scott who is fighting Kang, which is an incredible fight, by the way. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, like, you really, for a second, you really don't think that Scott's going to win. Like, you really think that he's done for. Uh, and then he wins, and then Cassie is able to save and pull the... Well, he wins by, at the last minute, Hope shows up and... Saves the day. ...kind of does, like, the, the last little jab that, you know, knocks him off his feet, and he... Mm -hmm. he he doesn't die because we don't see him die. Modok, we can comfortably say he died because we actually saw him pass. But Kang, on the other hand, he just kind of disappears. So he really could be anywhere. Uh, and then uh, Scott's able to go back. Uh, Hope's able to go back. Family reunited. They're able to be together again. They're feeling pretty good. And then it gets to the very end and Scott is like, wait a minute. Did I do the right thing? Did I? Did I actually stop him? Or did I make this thing worse? Yeah. And then he gets really worried about it but then it was like ah it's probably fine i'm here with my daughter it's all good yeah because they essentially it essentially is the same scene from the beginning of the movie where he's just walking down the street pointing waving like narrating his little life <laughs> I like, except I like he's when carrying he looks, when he looks at the uh the baby stroller and, and it's a little dog. dog in there yep <laughs> but he's just walking down the street with his uh with his ice cream cake he got from baskin robbins which again that freaking weird manager uh played perfectly That's i need true. to say the character is supposed to be weird and 10 out of 10 they performance nailed it, nailed it. <laughs> um so he's just walking down the street with this ice cream cake and he has this existential crisis of like what have i done oh no have i doomed us all nah like <laughs> he just goes back to walking down the street and um that's pretty much the end of the movie it's a happy ending and i have to say before we get into before we get into credit scenes i'm not satisfied with a happy ending really i so i went into this movie absolutely terrified that scott wasn't going to make it after all kang is the avengers level villain for the multiverse saga so it would make sense that ant-man and the wasp and hank and janet and stature i believe is her is cassie's superhero name in the comics is stature i didn't know that um so it would make sense that kang could just like look at them all and poof gone Okay, that makes me upset. Her name, her hero name is Stature? I think so. Why not call herself, just call herself Queen? Because she has nothing because... to do with ants. All she does oh, is grow. she doesn't control ants. Oh, okay. All she does is grow and shrink. Gotcha. See, they just, they need to give her a pair of wings, and then she could be a female ant, which is called the Queen, right? Well, they already have that with Wasp, Ant-Man with wings. Yeah, but she's a Wasp. Yeah? She doesn't talk to Wasps. Dang it. Does no, she, she doesn't. Does she have a stinger? That's what the little blasters are. Oh, okay. I mean, she's not going, never mind. I'm not finishing that sentence. Um. 
Um, <laughs> I think you might have realized what I was alluding I got, to. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I went into this movie thinking, oh man, what if Paul Rudd's not going to make it? He's a big name. He's probably expensive. It would really set the stage if Kang just like destroys him. And in that yeah. scene where everyone gets through the portal except him, at that point in the movie, I almost wanted it to happen. It kind of felt like it was going to, and then it didn't. It felt right, which is terrible to say. Like, getting just absolutely whooped. Like, Scott well, getting him, absolutely whooped felt like it fit. Well, him and Hope both being there together and, and the portal being closed, it did feel like, okay, this is this is the end. Like, him and Hope are just going to live out their days in the quantum realm, And but that's not... Yeah. So then we do but we do get the happy ending. Credits. And I want to take this moment. I don't know if you saw. Uh, I posted this on Twitter last night. I want to take this moment to shout out my local theater um, where I go to see pretty much every movie. When I go to see the theater, I go to my local uh, Premier Six in Murfreesboro. Had a had a thing on the screen before the movie started it said we here at at the theater want to let you know that this movie has a mid and end credit scene. Please stick around. Thank you. And I just think that's really great because I feel like they Come would on, do man. that. Like if there was if there was ever a movie where you would expect there to be an after credit scene but there wasn't i feel like they would have that same like that they would do that same thing of like hey listen there's not a scene we're disappointed you're disappointed we just want to let you know so you don't waste 10 minutes of your life watching credits or you know what i would even what i would appreciate even more is there is an after credit scene but it doesn't do anything for the story is to say something like that like like even let you know like hey there's an after credit scene but if, if you don't want to stay for it, you don't have to because it doesn't tie into the plot at all. When would be the last... Like, what are notable MCU after credit scenes that ultimately ended up not meaning anything? Like the Howard the Duck one? of Madness. I don't think we could say that doesn't mean anything yet. No, the very ending, the very last one was the guy... Um, he puts the curse on the guy, the pizza guy, the street vendor. And then and then the ending is it, the very last scene, the very last after credit scene is the curse lifts and it's gone. I don't and remember he's that like, at all. Ah, it's over. And then that's it. And it's like that didn't do anything for the plot. It was just a, an after credit scene. Or like you said, Howard the Duck is a good one too. I feel like ultimately the one from Eternals won't mean anything. Where uh who is it? Harry Styles shows up. Oh, uh Star Fox. Yes, Star Fox. Except not the cool one. <laughs> that's such a weird not the cool Star Fox. Okay, bud. Uh but it's also upsetting because I completely agree with you. Um I don't know. But man, these after credit scenes, the the first one is is pretty wild with um The Council of Kangs. You got the Council of Kangs. That was incredible. You had an entire stadium, an entire uh like the a, rise the of Roman Skywalker. Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah, Sith Lords Stadium full of Kangs. But all these different Do you think he had do you think those were all digital or do you think he did like some type of mocap for all of them? Oh, I'm sure they were probably digital, I would think. Cuz if he I already I already like him and I don't really know why because I've only really seen him in this I'm uh, talking about Jonathan Majors I really well, like it's him. just it's going to be interesting to see what happens because like because like the Kang that we see in this like you know at the um almost a tryouts Ooh. not the tryouts but the uh, audition the audition you know they were like okay how many personalities can you do and he was and like all of them he was just like okay let me show you and then he had probably had like eight or nine different personalities and they were like done you got it we got it we got our guy because like the Kang that we saw in Loki was very different from the Kang that we got in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the three that we see that were actually talking at the end of this were very 
different from the other two that we've already seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an Egyptian one, we had like a high tech one, and then we had another one that sounded like Saul Guerrero. Yep. And so they they talk as if the the movie villain Kang, the one that that Scott ends up defeating at the end, or Scott Scott and Hope, you know, credit where credits due. Um, they say that he is defeated. Yeah. And oh, you know, they they defeated him on their own. The the six one sixers because that's what it is, right? It's the six six one six universe. Yeah. <clears throat> oh well, that's that's problematic. You know, we we barely could defeat him and we were him so then they're trying to they assemble the council of kings to figure out what they need to do with uh the the mcu universe because they're dabbling in multiverse now and um i just kind of like you were saying or alluding to earlier i have a really hard time believing he's actually dead like he's the big bad ant-man doesn't kill the big bad no so and then the uh the end credit scene i was very excited about jay yeah that was it was, was um what was his name arthur timely was a kang variant um r- rumored guesstimated uh to be in about the 1920s um and he was going to start a presentation on manipulating time and in the audience we have tom hiddleston's loki and owen wilson's mobius mobius morbius mobius 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 okay thank you well i was thinking i was like morbius is the horrible movie that we hated but the mobius <laughs> chair is a thing in dc yeah mobius m mobius which and then we found out that the middle name m is also mobius so that's mobius beautiful mobius, and mobius. i love it um <laughs> so they're sitting in the audience and owen wilson's just like wow that's the guy you were afraid of what's wrong with this guy he seems so nice and then tom hiddleston <laughs> is just dead face he was like yeah yeah it's that guy um, yeah he's like scared yeah and i i said this with confidence talking to meg in the theater but i said that was the most notable time i said it was the first time in the moment but i feel like i missed one that an mcu after credit scene has directly teased a tv show well yeah and i said that to my i said that to my son as soon as it showed that i was like i went wow that was basically an advertisement for disney plus pretty much pretty much I was like, that's, they, seriously, they're like, not only, we, we had already said it, we had already alluded to it that like, you know, uh, uh, um, multiverse of madness, you wouldn't completely understand if you hadn't watched the Wanda TV show, Mm -hmm. WandaVision. And now they're directly saying, okay, if you don't watch the next season of Loki, you're not going to understand what's going to happen next either. Like you've got to watch that. So I... Well, and that's the first teaser for Loki we've had, right? It's supposed to come out this year. I mean, pretty yeah. And that's pretty much. pretty much all we know is like it's going to come out this year and until until Quantumania, radio silence essentially. So I don't know. I'm going to look now. Does it have a release date? I think it's sometime this year. I want to say Loki season two release date. That is the Loki season one release date. Rude. It was like uh, June 9th. And I was like, oh, that's really soon. 2021. And I was like, come on, man. Uh, One day ago does not have an official release date oh well dang (laughs) yeah that's that's a bummer yeah well um i don't know i don't know so if you walked out of the theater the movie's over the credit scenes are over someone asks you hey i'm headed into this movie how would you what is your in the moment reaction how would you describe this movie to somebody I would say if you're looking for a good time and you're looking for something fun, you're going to enjoy it. Um, you almost almost would say, like, don't think too hard about it. Just kind of take it for what it is and you're going to enjoy it. Um, and then I think the last thing I would say is, is this movie is going to s- 
set up for a lot of future stuff. Mm. Like, I would almost say that this movie was kind of the launch point for... Multiverse Saga? The Multiverse Saga. Or at least Kang as we know him. Yes. I will say one more thing, and then we'll be done. But one thing I did notice about this movie was Scott and Hank, their reactions to the quantum realm, I feel like were very realistic. How somebody would actually react to entering the quantum realm and seeing that there's life forms and stuff like that within the quantum realm. Like, I feel like that was more realistic. Whereas Cassie calmed down pretty quick. I mean, her initial reaction was pretty spot on, but Hope and Janet were so calm about the whole thing. Now, Janet made sense because she had been there before, but like, I don't know why that stood out to me, but I remember thinking at the end of the movie, I was like, you know, out of everybody, I feel like Scott and Hank were the only ones that acted the way you would react to something like this. You would either, either be going, holy crap, what's going on? Or like Hank, you would be going, wow, this changes everything. Like everything that we once knew, like this just completely disrupts evolution and just everything. And I uh, feel like Hope's reaction and Cassie's just how quick she gets on board are the most challenging. But Hope, I feel like, is like, I can't react to this because I need to keep everybody in line. Like, I need to be the one who stays in control. Yeah. So I could, I wish that would have been a really fun mid credit scene or end credit scene of like, they get back and she just like slumps and collapses. And it's like, you would not like the things that I have been through are overwhelming. And And then you just get to in the chair and I'm not that kind of doctor. (laughs) Why does everybody come to me? Like that would have also fit the tone of this movie. I feel like Disney, if you are listening to this, um, you don't even have to give me credit for that. But like, if you did, that'd be cool. Well, okay. Um, so we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you thought about it. Uh, please mm-hmm. get in touch with us and let us know. Mm-hmm. You can reach us at our email. They didn't ask us at gmail.com. You can mm-hmm. follow the show on Twitter, TDAU underscore pod. You can follow John, uh, J Mueller eight three three two. And you can also follow me on Twitter, which is the nerd as underscore in, um, next time. We actually don't have anything planned out right now for next time, but due to our conversation at the beginning of this episode, it might possibly be a Western. I'm so down. I'll tell you what, well, if you'll uh, follow our Twitter and pay attention to that, we will uh, tweet out what it is that we will be reviewing so that you can watch it along with us. But uh, that is the plan. That's what we're going to do. Um, we're coming up on a pretty long episode, so I guess we'll go ahead and wrap things up from there. But uh, John, if you don't, you got anything else? That's it for me. All right. Well, we'll see you back here in two weeks. And until then, nerd out. <laughs>